Hello, my name is Josh. I'm Jamie. Welcome to a conversation with two geeks, the podcast where we're talking about movies, comics, and everything in between. Today we'll be talking everything from Marvel Studios and now to the titles for Black Panther 2 and Captain Marvel 2 to our thoughts on the first two episodes of Star Wars The Bad Batch and much more. Yep, and please feel free to follow us on all our social media channels. We're on Twitter at Convo with Two Geeks. That's with the number two. We're on Facebook and Instagram at Conversation with Two Geeks. That's spelled all the way out. And also, if you feel like emailing us about anything from this episode or previous episodes, we're at conversationwithtwogeeks at gmail.com. And we will have a link um, to our Anchor homepage that has links to all of these in the show notes. You can also find our back catalog on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and wherever podcasts are listened to. How are you today, Jamie? I'm good. It's been a while for me coming back on. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, you've been, you've been out recently. Yeah, I had um, some actual real life stuff pop up that let me uh unable to record and then i had some internet trouble um recently moved so that's part of that whole situation but i appreciate you getting the guests and holding down the fort oh, you're, you're welcome you're welcome yeah no i yeah no i some well someone has to take care of this place well <laughs> i know well 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 you're gone um otherwise nothing would get done but yeah um oh but yeah um, as for me, I'm in final season right now. And yeah, how's that going? Uh, <laughs> oh, <in> there, buddy. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm just like I I I've I have kind of checked out personally yeah. from the semester, but I'm just trying to make it for the next few weeks, make it for the next few weeks because I got something coming up that um mm-hmm. I'm just I'm excited about and I kind of need to kind of get prepped. So it's that. Uh, I got those two things and just, I, I don't know. I'm done. I'm, I'm just, I'm done. But I'm also, I only have one more semester left of uh, college. So after this current one. So there's also that. And like trying to prep for that is also a minefield as well. But I digress. Well, you got this. Well, you'll hang in there. Listeners, feel free to send him some positive vibes on our social media channel the okay. next couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I could really use it, everyone. But yeah. All right, moving on to our first topic today. Um, Marvel Studios released this, like, kind of sizzle reel, te- sizzle reel uh, celebrating the movies on Monday. And I, I'm not going to lie, I kind of cried. Um, there, there were tears. He, they also announced that Black Panther 2, now retail Black Panther Wakanda Forever, is slated for a July 8, 2022 release date. Captain Marvel 2, which is set to start Brie Larson's Carol Danvers, Sienna Paris' Monica Rampo, and Kamala Khan herself, Amon Villani, and to be directed by Candyman 2021 director Nia DaCosta, so wait for that movie. Come out, um, has been retailed to the Marvels and is slated for a November 11th, 2022 release date. Following that, we have Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium slated for February 17th, 2023, while Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is come out that summer on May 5th. This is in addition to Black Widow, which comes out on July 9th of this year, uh, Song-Chi and the Legend of Ten Rings, which comes out September 3rd, 2021, Internal, for which we got our first look at, and it's slated to come out on November 5th, 2021, Spider-Man No Way Home, which is going to come out on December 17, 2021. Thor, Love, Thunder, which is slated for February 11th, 2022. Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, which is slated for March 25th, 2022. In addition to all that goodness, um, we also got news courtesy of Loki himself, Tom Hilson, that episodes of the upcoming Disney Plus show Loki is set to drop episodes on Wednesdays instead of Friday, starting July uh, June 9th. So... Jimmy, what are your thoughts on all this? Um, okay, first, the sizzle reel, like the Marvel movie sizzle reel thing, was really, really awesome. It was really good. Um, I really liked it. I liked that that we got, like, a glimpse of the Eternals stuff, like, very, very, very small glimpse. I am very yeah. curious to see this movie, um, honestly. Um, um, how do you say it, Shang? Uh, uh, Songshi. Um, everyone keeps pronouncing Shang Chi as Shang Chi. It's Songshi. And like they even the whole article about it. But yeah, Songshi and Legend of Rings. Yeah. Um I'm that's really how you, excited for that one too. Mm-hmm. I I just I I I I need oh okay. I just <laughs> go ahead. Go ahead. I, I, I'm excited. I'm excited for both, especially that it's coming from from Academy Award-winning director Chloe Zhao, and just I know as soon as I saw that footage, I just I kind of lost my shit. 
and just was like, it just looks so good. And just, oh, mm, mm. Maybe like, we'll get like an official trailer for that. Probably not until after Black Widow comes out okay. in July, okay. which I'm okay. I'm I'm still kind of pissed that we're not getting it. Like for example, like this weekend, like it would have been a nice Mother's Day gift. Yeah, I know. I know. We've had this conversation a lot, but yeah. I I, I know. I know. I just I'm just like. Like I get, I get. Like you guys want to kind of push it back, but like when Godzilla versus Kong is making money, like you want to keep up with that momentum. I get, they probably will. It's just, I, I just want to say, just for myself, I like, I, I need this. <laughs> but I could, I, I could wait a month. I could wait a month. But yeah, no, um, I'm really excited for all this. Um, I'm, I, I, I kind of got a chuckle out of the title because it's like, it. There's kind of a okay. The title for Black Panther has two kind of double meanings to it. One, you could definitely look at it from a Black Panther do the search for more money sort of thing. Or you could kind of look at it from, especially with them now having to retool the narrative, or retooled like probably the narrative film because, you know. Of Chadwick? Yeah, I mean, he rests in peace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which I, I think that's, that's a perfect title. But yeah. And then like the Marvels, which at first it kind of sounded weird, but then it's like, if you look at it from like okay from like let's say in uh like a pop group sort of way like a 90s punk rock sort of way it actually kind of works that movie is gonna be interesting like (laughs) i don't even know um yeah yeah that oh my god i'm excited for monica in that movie like Mm -hmm. i just the glimpse just a little bit we got of her in wandavision i'm like super excited to see her in Captain marvel 2 and me um miss marvel and that too it's gonna be crazy yeah i'm i'm really curious to see what the dynamic is gonna be like between all three of them because mm-hmm. um it, it seems like monica at least from what we got as wandavision is a bit pissed at carol i and hope they don't drop that like i'm mm-hmm. like i don't think they will but like that mm-hmm. better be come back up in that movie because that was a big deal yeah like, and, yeah it, that like that was yeah, no, that that was a really big deal. And I imagine, like, Kamala is going to kind of be in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. She's going to be like, oh, why are they fighting? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, be like, oh, what did I get myself into? But yeah, no, I'm I'm excited for that one. Um, and then, uh, you know, we got obviously a release date for Spider-Man No Way Home, which I, I just realized they're going to have to start marketing that soon. And like, didn't they just? I, I still don't know if this movie's coming out then because I feel like they just finished. And like, I like, I feel like when you edit those kind of movies, it takes a long time. I just don't know. I mean, I if they're keeping that December release date, then it's it's gonna be coming out soon. I just wonder. I again, I don't think we're gonna get any press for it. I think until probably after Black Widow come out, maybe even Song Sheet yeah. the latest. But yeah, and then yeah. You know, and then we got Thor: Love and Thunder, which I'm mm-hmm. just like, that is that's gonna be fun. And then yeah, we top it all off with Doctor Strange on the Multiverse of Madness, and I just mm-hmm. mm, just a Sam Raimi directed Doctor Strange movie. Mm, that is music to my ears. It's uh, gonna be cool. Yeah. Also, um, so now that Loki's gonna be on Wednesdays instead of Fridays, well. Actually, this kind of works in my favor a little bit because I'm not going to lie, ever since the pandemic happened, my schedule is kind of now reset on Tuesdays as opposed to like Fridays because mm-hmm. on, I think I can talk about this, um, on Tuesdays, I have movie dates with a friend of mine and, and you know, it's like every, it's like every Tuesday, it's like every Tuesday and it's like the one thing I like get excited for during the week and so now, and like after that, my schedule kind of resets from like Wednesday onwards. So it actually might work out in my favor. <laughs> I mean, I'm cool with it going to Wednesdays too. I mean, I I like the Friday release, but Wednesdays is cool too. I totally like that. I like having something in the middle of the week to mm-hmm. look forward to and stuff. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, anyway, yeah. moving on to our next topic. According to Deadline, American Horror Story actor Finn Withrock has been tapped to star as Guy Gardner slash Green Lantern in HBO Max's upcoming Green Lantern series, which is said to be written by Greg Berlanti, Mark Guggenheim, and Seth Graham Smith. The story for the upcoming series is set to fan decades beginning on Earth in 1941 with the very first 
Green Lantern, secretly gay FBI agent Alan Scott, and in 1984 with cocky alpha male Guy Gardner and half-alien Bree Jarta. They'll be joined by a multitude of other lanterns from comic book favorites to never-before-seen heroes. As for Whitrock's Guy Gardner slash Green Lantern, he is a hulking mass of masculinity and, as rendered in the comics, an embodiment of 1980s hyperpatriotism, and yet Guy is somehow likable. In addition to being on American Horror Story, Whitrock was also in 2014's Unbroken and 2015's The Big Short. He was one of those two guys, uh, two young guys that Brad Pitt's character was mentoring. Along with oh. Whitrock's casting, according to Heroic Hollywood, a Green Lantern Corps film is still in development with John Lee as the, uh, John Stewart, actually. John Stewart as the lead, not that John Stewart, uh, as the lead, and Hal Jordan also appearing in the film in a mentor capacity. The film was initially developed and written by Jeff Johns, but it's unclear if he's still attached. Short almost made an appearance in Zack Snyder's Justice League, but uh, Mm -hmm. cut um, cut with Snyder even casting an unknown Broadway actor named Wayne T. Carr in the the role for the movie. This went as far as the potential scene even being shot in like the director's drive-in. However, Warner Brothers vetoed his appearance due to Green Lantern Corps focusing on the characters. So, yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on this, Jamie? Um, this Green Lantern project is very interesting. Um, I'm not going to lie. I haven't seen uh, Finn Rock in very much. I think mm-hmm. I'm going to say his last name. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't have a lot of knowledge about him as an actor. I've heard he's very good. Um, from what I've heard from his performance on the American Horror Story, he he's really good. Um, so excited for him to get this because this potentially could be a big thing for him um, and stuff. And yeah, I mean, we'll just see how it goes. Um, I can't wait till we get our trailer for this just so we kind of get a better feel of what this project's going to be. Yeah. Um, and yeah. stuff. Because like, it sounds really great on paper, but I really need to see like a visual because it's like there's a lot going on um yeah uh, yeah i'm kind of in the same boat as you because i i only had seen him in the big short like and i even and i even had to go back and like um remember like oh which character was he and then like i pointed that out and yeah no he was the i think this and i think the big short and i think like one other movie i've seen him in and i can't remember that Mm -hmm. movie right now so there's that so but otherwise um I've heard I've heard he's good. Um, very mm-hmm. curious to see how um, you know the final result ends up. But yeah, um, I'm really curious to see how this whole Green Lantern project goes because it's it's really interesting. Like it's more of an anthology series, if anything. Mm-hmm. It, yeah. it sounds massive. It sounds like it's t- it's like they're doing a lot with it, and they're really trying to do stuff with the Green Lanterns. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah. To see how it plays out. Yeah. As for the film, um, I I. I'm kind of surprised it's still in development, but I also can see why Warner's was like, uh, yeah, no, you can use every other Green Lantern, but you can't use Hal or uh, or John because, yeah. you know, we're working on movies with them. But yeah, no, yeah. you know, it's, it's going to be interesting. And I remember hearing about the um, about uh, John being in, um, you know, Zack Snyder's original cut, original, original Justice League cut. Um, he, I think it was going to be him and Kilowog. Um, oh, okay. So like there's even like concept designs of like uh Kilowog on there on on Instagram and stuff. And I think those are the two characters, but they had to cut uh, they cut in, they um had to ship it off, uh shift mm-hmm. it to Martian Manhunter. But yeah, no, that would have been interesting. But yeah, yeah. We'll we'll see. We'll see about this because this HBO project is looking very interesting. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anyways, moving on to our next topic, we got a teaser trailer for the fourth season of the hit Netflix original series, Stranger Things. In the trailer, we hear it's a silhouette of Matthew Medine's Dr. Martin Bremer, the antagonist of season one and the overarching antagonist of seasons two and three. A release date has not been announced. Uh, I'm excited for this, but also, can can y'all just give me a release date? I know, I know. I want one too. Yeah, just... Y'all can make my life very much easier here, but I my theory also I don't know if they're done filming. That's the other thing is is I feel like they were about to start filming season four and then COVID hit, mm-hmm. so we should have been getting like probably like a second teaser trailer right now if they had been on schedule mm-hmm. probably. Um, so we'll just have to see because like 
I, I really think the earliest we could potentially see this is early next year. Mm. Um, the latest is probably like late next year, maybe early the following. Yeah. But we'll just have to wait and see. Um, I know, like I miss Stranger Things too. It, it like season. I re- I know. I don't know how. A lot, I haven't really looked at how a lot of people thought about season three because this is a show that I don't go too deep into other people's opinions. So I just like to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just fun. Um, so we'll see. Yeah, I mean, I want season four too because I want to know what's happening. Um, yeah, and going on and like if Brenner's coming back and like, so this trailer was a little creepy. So it, and it yeah. definitely gave me major like Brenner's coming back because they're all like, uh-huh. it's all more kids like eleven and stuff like that. Yeah, I think we're gonna lead, lead into that as well. Also, um. With, also, I definitely can see that they're kind of going back to the turn of season one because I remember with season three because I've watched the season twice. As much mm-hmm. as like I kind of prefer season one or two over season three. Not that season three is bad or anything. It's just season three, like season one was essentially Steven Spielberg, John Carpenter, and Stephen King combined. Season two was James Cameron. And then like mm-hmm. season three was a weird mixture of Joe Dante and Guillermo del Toro. And it kind of doesn't really mesh well it's not bad but it's just like there's things like for example the russians that i just yeah. i just was like okay you're kind of taking me out so i do like the fact that they are kind of going back to like the season one format um yeah and then also uh one thing i also read and this is this actually kind of gives me a bit of confidence with that one apparently because of the you know the global plague um they were able to uh the duffer brothers they were able to kind of um go back and like write like every single episode and rewrite it in a way where it's just like okay we write it and then we rewrite it and stuff because apparently with the first three seasons they were writing off the seat of their pants like they didn't have every episode written which i'm like whoa, 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 what that's actually super impressive because because if most writers if they have to do that it's not good but mm-hmm. for changer things they were kind of able to pull it off a little bit mm-hmm. um because like yeah, there's stuff like there's plot holes and everything, but like for Stranger Things, it does like they're not as noticeable to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, I will say I I really do like season one and season two. I mm-hmm. think I like the aesthetic of season three more because mm-hmm. I like like the mall. I like the settings and stuff. A lot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, everyone likes the mall. <laughs> yeah, so we'll we'll see what happens. Um, for sure, it's it's gonna be crazy though, but. Luckily, yeah. we'll get more. Maybe we'll get more news soon, or something soon to maybe a release date, or at least like a vague, like early early twenty twenty two or something like that. Maybe. Yeah, because I'm just at, at this point. I I just I just want to know more, but yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see. Me too. Anyways, um, moving on to our next topic. According to Variety, Cinemark has reached a new agreement with the five major studios, specifically Warner Brothers Picture Group or Warner Brothers Pictures, uh, the Walt Disney Company, and all of its subsidiaries like Marvel, Lucasfilm, what, what, what have you. Everything. Par- Paramount, uh, Paramount Pictures and Sony Pictures Entertainment, which includes Columbia and TriStar Pictures, Screen Gems, and Sony Pictures Inter- and Sony Pictures um, Animation. Uh, that could formalize a shorter theatrical window. Terms of the deal were not disclosed, but reportedly it is similar to the deal Universal made with AMC in July and with Cinemark in November that enables the studio to put new movies on premium on uh, video on demand platform 17 days after they open in theaters as opposed to the 60-day theatrical window studios used to have before the pandemic. But if the film generates at least 50 million open weekend ticket sales, it, it has to play exclusively in theaters for 31 days. And similar to Universal, Paramount and Warner Brothers have exclusivity windows on all their films before they're available on their streaming platforms. And a statement Cinemark CEO Mark Sordai um, said, Cinemark is thrilled to have reached new agreements with our major studio partners, and we are eager to continue providing movie fans an immersive, larger-than-life cinematic environment to see major upcoming films, ranging from the biggest blockbusters to specialty fair to family-friendly content, and our ongoing efforts to maximize attendance and box office during the pandemic and beyond. Our goal is to provide the widest range of content with terms that are in the long 
best long-term interests of Cinemark, our studio partners, and moviegoers. We are pleased with these recent developments and are confident we are taking positive steps towards reigniting the the uh, theatrical exhibition and involving the industry for a post-pandemic landscape. Wow, okay. Mm. This is definitely- Well, this is interesting. Yeah, this is definitely giving me flashbacks of when AMC made that deal. So it seems like the theatrical windows on movies are getting shorter and shorter. Like, they were already short to begin with. That's crazy. Like, oh man, because that's how the big movies make their money is being in theaters for as long as they are. Mm -hmm. And like, it's that's very it's very interesting. Like they said, seventeen days, like. Mm -hmm. If they make under what fifty million? Yeah, seventeen days for Universal. That's that's insane. Yeah, I'm just yeah, no, I uh, I'm just I'm just like wow. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm just shocked because it's like okay, we're definitely headed to the th- shorter theatrical window, and not everyone has their like everyone their mom now has a streaming service. It's like okay, I could definitely see them like. I, I I wouldn't be surprised if Summer Studios start adopting the um, HBO Max format the Warner Brothers kind of set up, mm-hmm. where they do either day and date or they do like 31, 31 days and then like it goes to streaming and then for a little bit and then it comes and it goes to like, um, you know, digital and um, Netflix and stuff. So, it's yeah. It's definitely possible. Yeah, no, it's definitely interesting. And I mean, I will say, someone that has been going back to the movies, um, I've been going at least once every week, which honestly has been nice. And like, I, mm-hmm. I greatly missed my, I greatly missed my theaters. Just that's awesome. But it, it definitely is interesting, and I do wonder about the theatrical exhibition landscape because it is, it is changing. It is changing as we speak, mm-hmm. and so yeah. Anyway, moving on to our next topic, uh, according uh, via Entertainment Weekly, and speaking of actually, Cinemark. Cinemark Theaters announced Tuesday that Netflix and Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead will play in more than 200 of its locations starting May 14th, one week before the films uh, begin streaming. Along with Cinemark, Landmark Theater and Alamo Drafthouse will also be screening the film as well. All told, the film will open in about 600 screens nationwide, the largest theatrical release yet for a Netflix film. Justin McDaniel, Cinemark Senior Vice President of Global Content Strategy said in the same Cinemark is excited to work with Netflix on our first wide release and provide movie lovers with the opportunity to see Army of the Dead in our theaters across the U.S. He continues, Zack Snyder fans will love seeing the action in an immersive cinematic environment with larger than life sight and, sur- and sound technology. So, yeah, it looks like this movie, this, well, this is interesting. Yeah, I mean... Like, listen, say what you want about Zack Snyder, but his movies always look c- cinematic and he always mm-hmm. is good that direction. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool that he's going to be able to do, like, use that for this movie for Army of the Dead. Because, mm-hmm. um, like, that trailer, like, mm-hmm. his landscapes and stuff looked really, really good. So yeah. it's yeah. Good. it's very cool that people are going to be able to experience that on the big screen. Um, yeah. yeah. And good for this movie. I mean, that's crazy. The, the biggest... Uh, like theater opening for a Netflix film. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, it does compare in the comparison to like other films, like for example, Nobody for Universal, the Bob, o- new Bob Odenkirk action movie that has like mm-hmm. three thousand plus screens. So it's not as wide, but then also like I imagine that the thing that the that the person that the one one theater chain that didn't want to do this was AMC. Probably. Yeah, but yeah, no, I I I was kind of surprised when I saw this news. Um. So yeah, while I'm um, out doing my thing in a few weeks, I might actually try to go see this. My question is, how long will this be in theaters? That's the one hundred percent thing. And like, will it be like, will as soon as it hits streaming, it goes away, or will it be here like for as long? Because I could easily see this being like a simultaneous release. It, yeah, that's actually a good question because I I was gonna ask you that one. Like, it's as soon as it hits Netflix, is it going away in theaters, mm-hmm. or is it staying in theaters for a little bit longer and then going away? Mm-hmm. That's that's something that um, I don't think they've said yet. But like, how long it's going to be? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyways, moving on to our next topic. According to Variety, Hannah John Kamen, best known as the villain Ghost in Amy and the Wasp, will wield the sword of the comic book fantasy hero Red Sonia in Millennium Film's long gestating feature adaptation with transplant J. 
Joey Selloway, directing with uh, Tasha Ho, a writer on the upcoming Tomb Raider series for Netflix, writing the script. For those unfamiliar or don't remember the character, created in the early 1970s by Roy Thomas and Barry Windsor Smith for Marvel's Conan the Barbarian comics, uh, Red Star is the most swashbuckler who has interacted with the likes of Conan. Uh, she's the Conan Barbarian. She's the one with the chainmail bikini and is a redhead. Okay. Uh, she was portrayed by Bridget Nelson in the 1985 film of the same name. A reboot has been in development for years, but never, uh, but never getting off the ground until Millennium Films obtained the rights. In a statement, Soloway said, Hannah is a very talented actress who we've been following for years, and she has read Sonia. Her range, sensibilities, and strength are all qualities we have been looking for, and we couldn't be more excited to embark on this journey together. So, yeah. Um, Jamie, what are your thoughts on this? Um, this is really cool. Um, I don't have, like, a ton of thoughts because I don't know very much about this uh, uh, Red Sonia that much. Mm-hmm. Um, but, I mean, it seems really cool. Like, it should be a lot of fun. What do you think? I'm curious about this because, again, I don't know much about her either. I only know certain things. Um, I also know that um, Amazing, um, she also did some of the comics for uh, Birds of Prey. Uh, Gail Simone did a run on her, um, did a run on uh, her comics line. And from what I've heard, that was really good. But yeah, no, I... I, I don't know much about this character. I do like Hannah. Um, I've seen her in, uh, what have I seen her else in? I've seen her in Emma the Wash. She was also the villain in Ready Player One. And okay. uh, and I, I think she's a good actress and I can't wait for her to take up the role and stuff. So yeah, also, um, as soon as I saw Tasha Ho's uh, name on this, I was like, oh, yay. Oh, uh, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm, I'm curious about this one. This was one. Um, this is one again. I I've heard about for a while. It also has a director that mm-hmm. I don't want to name on here that was attached yeah. to it. And yeah, okay. but um, but yeah, no, I'm really curious about this. Um, yeah. Cool. Cool, cool. Anyway, moving on to our next topic. An exclusive from the site, the Illuminati revealed that the Tim Burton directed Adam Family spinoff Wednesday was circling around. Um, circling actress Jenna Ortega, best known for her role in The Babysitter 2, Killer Queen, and Iron Man 3 to play the leading role. However, Bailey Madison, who's best known for her work in films like Bridget Terabithia, she was Josh Hutcherson's character, Little Sister, remains in the running. The casting for the Wednesday character is open to all ethnicities, but the preference is Latinx. Additionally, and this is the really cool part, there is interest for the production for Adam Family veteran Christina... Richie to return to the franchise this time in the role of Morticia Adams. However, it is unclear how far the casting push and talks have gone at this point. So, mm, mm, mm. I, 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 I wouldn't mind Christina Richie coming back and playing Morticia. That would be cool. Um, yeah, I mean, this is really cool. Um, I like how they're open to different different ethnicities. Um, and stuff and yeah it should be interesting to see how this goes i'm excited this, should, this actually sounds pretty fun yeah cool. yeah no the, the more i'm hearing about this the more i'm like mm, you you have my care uh you have my curiosity now and so yeah mm-hmm. also i i think i saw her name i remember i think it was uh don't be afraid of the dark um the yamo you know, horror movie i remember okay. bailey and that and she was like really little i'm like oh my god yeah, when you said, uh, I haven't watched Birds of Terabithia in a hot minute. So you uh, ha- I was about to ask who she was. I'm like, she's definitely not the blonde. She's definitely not the main girl. Yeah. So I was like, who does she play? And then I was, because I haven't watched that in such a long time. Yeah, I I haven't either. But I also remember that movie getting... Uh, so that, mo- that movie was marketed just very strangely. Like it was marketed like, as like a Chronicles of Narnia thing. But in reality, and sorry, as from what I can remember, that movie went really dark. It, oh yeah, it did a hundred percent. Like it is not. It's funny that you mentioned Narnia because, like, I just rewatched those movies, and that those movies are like fun kids, like fantasy movies. You can mm-hmm. take it's your kids can still watch this, but there's some topics in there that are pretty heavy that you'll probably end up having to answer some questions. Yeah. I don't know. So, yeah. Yeah. Cause I, cause I remember I, like that movie, like I watched it as a kid. It was sad. Maybe sad. <laughs> yeah. And like there was some stuff I think went over my head, but then when I was thinking about it later on, it was like, oh shit. Oh mm-hmm. shit. This is kind of dark for a Disney movie. 
Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's heavy. It's a heavy movie for sure. Yeah. Also, the poster kind of creeped me out as a kid. I don't remember the poster. I remember seeing the I remember seeing the trailer during like a preview or something, probably is how I saw it, but yeah. No, there was like this really weird character, really weird, like uh, kind of like shadowy character in the background, and it always creeped the hell out of me. Mm. Okay, I'll have to re look up that poster. That movie does have some like kind of like creepy vibes a little bit at certain points, especially when they're in, like the woods and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, moving on to our next topic. <laughs> According to EW, Jessica Parker Kennedy, who played the daughter of Barry and Iris from the future, Nora Allen, aka XS, in the fifth season of CW's The Flash, is returning for multiple episodes, including the superhero drama's 150th installment. That means Nora will cross paths with her super brother from the future, Bart Allen, who will be played by to all the boys star uh, Jordan Fisher, who will also be appearing, who will also appear in that milestone hour. As of right now, there are no other details about Kennedy's return. In addition to this, and like literally like within like 24 hours of this dropping, um, an, exclusive from Dead, um, an exclusive from Deadline revealed that Tom Cavanaugh, who played Harrison Wells in all of his various versions, as well as Eobard Fawn, aka Reverse Flash, and Carlos Valles, uh, Val- who played mm-hmm. Cisco Ramon, aka Vibe, will be departing their tenures as series regulars after this current season. In fact, according to the exclusive, Kavanaugh was originally slated to end his tenure as a series regular at the end of season six with the episode Mother, which was supposed to be the season six finale. However, because of the pandemic, the schedule obviously got changed and the final three episodes of season six were pushed to the beginning of season three. As of right now, Kavanaugh is operating as a recurring guest star with the indication that he will be appearing in episodes nine and 10 and beyond, though his final appearance is being kept under wraps. There are no current plans for Kavanaugh to continue the show beyond that, but there is a possibility for, for both him and Valdez to do guest Uh Tom and Carlos have been an integral part of our show for seven seasons and will be greatly missed. The Flash executive producer, Sasha Sherman, Eric Wallace, said the same to Deadline. Both are incredibly talented who create beloved characters that fans and audiences around the world have come to love, which is why we are happily keeping the door open for future appearances. Uh, for context, Kavanaugh and Vladez were the two were two of the six remaining original Flash cast members, along with Sergeant Gustin, Candace Patton, uh, and Daniel Panabaker. Gustin's already contracted for season eight, with the three having been negotiating new deals to kind of return. So yeah, no, this is this is big. Where do you want to start? Do you want to start with Tom and Carlos leaving, or do you want to start with uh, Jessica coming back? Mm, let's let's uh, let's start with Jessica. So, Jessica coming back. Um, I did not expect this. Um, this is this is this is big. Um, and I, I I believe and I think at, at the time of this recording right now they are filming like the 150 episode. Like they already have the student stuff. And I just as I, I said this um, uh, off air to you, but I, I see this as a family affair. Um, I haven't been this excited for a Flash episode in a long time because I cannot wait mm-hmm. for Barry to have his two speedster kids running around <laughs> with him. And I, re- more so for other people's sakes, but I really hope that they're like a version of the Tornado Twins because I feel like if they're not, people are going to be so disappointed because <laughs> I know people have been wanting the Tornado Twins for a long time. I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a version of the Tornado Twins. Yeah. And I don't know if I had said my thoughts on um, Jordan Fisher being cast as Bart Allen I, on here yet. I, I, I think you <laughs> still have here for it. I, I think you have off air to me, but detail, detail, detail. Oh, I'm so here for this, and I'm I'm like half disappointed it's not a musical episode because he has such an amazing voice. Like <laughs> it's not even funny. Um, and like when Jessica was cast, people were like she's a perfect mix. Uh, like to be their kid like she's mm-hmm. perfect cat he's the same way he's gonna be great um and I, I really hope they let him lean into the comedy stuff because I think it could be really funny um but, and he's great if you haven't seen him in a lot of stuff he's in um the boy uh to um all the all boys the before the se- second one um and he's in a Netflix movie with uh oh what's her name Sabrina Carpenter Mm. a dance movie i'd have to look it up 
the title of it. I think it's like in the beat or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's pretty good with that too. Um, and stuff. So yeah, yeah. No, I again, I only know him from the to all the boys who uh, who love me to who love me too. So yeah. I'm I'm very unfamiliar with this actor, but I'm happy that you're you're excited for this. He's he's really good. He's uh big on Broadway. He's done some stuff on Broadway, and mm-hmm. um he I think he's gonna be great. And I'm excited for people to see him because I think he's gonna be great as part. Yeah, and I think he'll definitely like bring like very good like he'll you'll know he's Barry's kid. Yeah, he's his kid. I think I think he can he'll be able to pull it off. Yeah, so that's cool. As as for Tom and Carlos leaving, I'm I'm both surprised, but yet also not surprised because it seemed like for for a bit actually, I think really since season, I would say five honestly, it had seemed like Carlos has been kind of wanting to leave, and like especially yeah. from the way that his story, that Cisco storyline, especially within the last two seasons, have kind of been, especially with him not um, having his powers anymore and stuff and all that jazz. Um, as for Tom. I it, it is it is a bit it is a bit sad, but also like I'm I I had seen the writing on the wall, especially with the with you know Harrison Well with us getting the original Harrison Wells. So yeah. there's there's that. But again, you know, they also said that they can also do guest stints and stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if especially with um uh Tom and you know Earbar Friday and Reverse Flash, like I do have a feeling that that character is gonna come back again. And we're going to, um, we're gonna. I, I think the la- I think he's gonna come back. I think we're gonna get his origin story. I mean, that's hopeful. But yeah, yeah no. Now there is only like I, I guess three origin, um, origin, um, four, four, three, four. three or four. Well, three. Well, four if we count. Um, what's the answer? Jesse. If we count Jesse L. Martin, because he's been with yeah. the show since the beginning, mm-hmm. but. Yeah, no, it's 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 surprising, you know. Um, yeah, yeah. What are your thoughts on this? Like you said, I'm not super surprised that Carlos has is leaving because mm-hmm. I I got the same vibe that he's been wanting to leave for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and as flexible as they've tried to be with his schedule, I'm sure there's stuff that he wants to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's probably very hard to get out of Vancouver to go do stuff. Um, yeah. For, for certain things um mm-hmm. so i'm not super surprised tom i'm not surprised either because i feel like i really hope they give it a good break and then mm-hmm. if they do bring him back mm-hmm. it's really fresh and he's like mm-hmm. and the writing's good for him because i feel like they need to take a break from harrison wills and stuff like that for right now mm-hmm. um, i can definitely see him coming back near the end like if barry's last big fight is against reverse flash Mm-hmm. Like I could definitely see it being something like that, but it's gonna be sad. It's sad that we're losing two original members, but um, mm-hmm. I just wish them the best. And yeah, yeah, yeah and hope the end of their story is good. Yeah, definitely, so. definitely. Yeah. Anyways, moving on to our last topic for the day, according to THR, for their upcoming standalone Superman reboot, which will have an African American Cal L, aka Clark Kent, and is potentially is potentially to be a period piece set within the 20th century, though that might change as the script isn't due until December, as well as be written by celebrated Arthur uh, Taneshi Coates and produced by J.J. Abrams. Warner and DC are looking to several prominent Black directors, including the likes of Creed II, uh, Stephen Cappell Jr., J.D. Dillard's, uh, uh, J.D. Dillard, who did the uh, 2016 film uh, Slight, uh, one night, Miami director Regina King and Jada's and the Black Messiah director Shaka King. No relation. Also on the list are Barry Jenkins, director of 2016's Best Picture winner Moonlight and Black Panther uh, director Ryan Coogler. Though it was very unlikely that they will sign on, given that Jenkins is working on the prequel to 2019's Lion King for Disney, and um, Brian, uh, Ryan is working on Black Panther 2: Wakanda Forever. And speaking of Disney, the same list of directors, Sands, Jenkins, and Kugler, are also being considered by Marvel Studios for their upcoming Blade reboot set to star Academy Award winner Masha Ali. So, yeah. Um, okay. I got some thoughts I'm gonna on this. I'm going to let you speak on this, because I, I don't know. I want to hear your thoughts on this, and then because I probably will have a lot of similar thoughts. I, go ahead. I, I have thoughts on this, because... <sighs> 
well, I'm happy and excited that Taneshi Coat, who is a brilliant art author and like a brilliant comic writer, he did run on Black Panther and Captain America. As much as I'm happy that he's writing the script, I just, I get kind of a weird icky vibe from this. And mm. I just like, and it's just, I, I think this comes like right after the Nadia Tucker and the Ray Fisher stuff. Like it's kind of Warner's just saying, Warner's and DC trying to say face after that. And it's just not landing with me. And again, I'm trying not to shit on, like if I, I would be happy if any one of these directors or any of these writers to do a Superman movie, but I just can't get personally excited for it. I mean, I mean, I even like the idea of an African-American Cal-El, but the one thing that also kind of turned me off from it is that there's going to be a period piece and like, uh, I don't know if you can really do that. Yeah. Like if it's said like after maybe the 60s and for context sake, like if it's said after the 60s and stuff, um, then maybe, but yeah, no, I just, I, like, again, I want to be supportive of this. I want to, I genuinely want to, like anyone, again, anyone these directors, um, anyone in these retros, I would be totally down to do a Superman movie. I just, there's kind of a weird icky vibe that has kind of been from this entire project ever since it was announced. And I just, I don't know. But then again, also like I, the directors they do have, uh, that they have considered are incredible. Um, I would, mm-hmm. I wouldn't mind any of these directors doing, doing the movie. Um, same, same thing for also Blade as well. Like just, any anyone these directors I think would deserve deserve the deserves the gig and stuff, but yeah, no, those those are kind of my thoughts, and it, it's something I've been kind of rubbing around like all week and stuff. So yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, what are your thoughts on this? I feel very much the same way. Um, I've seen some people say this is definitely Warner's trying to save face after the Ray Fisher and Nadia Tucker stuff, and I can definitely see how it feels that way. Um, I I don't like the idea of it being a period piece. I think that is not like you said. If it's after the sixties, like if it's in the seventies or eighties, maybe or a mm-hmm. little bit later. But definitely, definitely got to be careful with that. But yeah, I don't know. It's gonna be because because I do like the idea of a black Kalel too. Because he's an alien. He doesn't have to be a certain. Mm-hmm like race mm-hmm. an alien so it does like that's a yeah i don't know we'll just see what happens um the directors they're getting are very good mm-hmm. i don't know if like you said i don't know if any of them are going to be able to do it because they're both super busy they're all super busy right now so it's mm-hmm. going to be interesting to see what happens yeah that's kind of my thoughts yeah also i i want to go back to the back all for a second because i i'm a little <sighs> Because, well, again, I don't mind an African-American Cal-El, but I'm just like, you also have Calvin Ellis, and you can either fit him into being your Black Cal-El. But, again, I don't mind. It's it's more of a nitpick, really, but at the same time, Mm -hmm. it's like, you really don't have to go that direction. But I I see where you're you're coming from, and I, I don't mind it either, but it's just, yeah, no, I, I I just... So, saying, yeah, I, I agree with a lot with what you were saying, and I I don't know. I guess we'll just kind of have to see uh, what happens. I just really hope they don't put it in like the sixties during the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be a little bit. I don't know. I I don't know how that would work. Yeah, because it, hmm. it'd be a little. It might be too much. Yeah. Might be not. Might not work. I don't it, know. Especially with Superman being in very optimist character, and that was a really dark time for yeah. you know black americans and like you know we could have the optimism but also it's just i I don't know i don't know i uh, this this whole project is just weird and i i I, I don't know what they're doing but yeah yeah um but yeah um but either way um but yeah moving on to our recommendations so star wars the bad batch dropped Mm -hmm. um i i i thought these first two episodes were pretty good i like the old and new characters i also love omega the kid from Camino that um the bad batch befriends and hunter's relationship um that that was really good uh there's also a cameo from episode one that um and this is also without any major spoilers but um there's a cameo in episode at the beginning of episode one that i did not expect especially being a fan of the show that the character is from 
I, I honestly did not expect that. Um, also, I thought this continued beautifully uh, with season seven of Clone, um, from season of Clone, Clone Wars, and as well as with the events of like Revenge of the Sith, especially as it pertains to like Order sixty six and the state of the galaxy, um, mm-hmm. and just seeing how it how it's all kind of crumbling and stuff. But overall, I really enjoyed both episodes, and I can't wait to see how this entire season pans out. What did you think about this? Um, it's definitely interesting. I watched the first two episodes like you did. Um, I haven't seen Clone Wars. Like, I haven't seen any animated stuff. So I'm coming at this with a little bit of a different angle. I, I don't mm-hmm. think you need to watch the Clone Wars to be able to get this. Oh, heck yeah. No, no, no. Um, no. Um, I definitely like Omega, the kid. She's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like her and um, Hunter's relationship. Um, mm-hmm. It's it's definitely interesting. Like, I I don't know. Like, I do really, I do like it. Um, I think that, like, that first episode was just really long. Mm. So it, it it was, a I don't know, it felt like a little bit too long for me. But um, they definitely set up some interesting stuff, like um, Cro- Crosshair. Yeah, Crosshair. Yeah. Yeah, him getting, um, turning, spoiler alert. Yeah, spoiler, spoiler alert. Um, spoiler alert. He kind of uh, turns on them, so it's yeah. good, that's going to be interesting to see what happens yeah. with all that stuff. Yeah, I, you know that that's going to be interesting in itself because I did not expect that. Like, mm-hmm. I just like it's just I don't know, and the fact that he's probably going to be antagonist for the season is just is super interesting. But yeah, no, I I can't I I can't wait to see how the season plans out and stuff. So yeah, um, then we also had season six premiere of Legends of Tomorrow. For which we will recap. Um, we start, um, yeah, and just um, also spoilers. Uh, we start Wait, off, just... we start off in 1977 London, where Mick discovers the legends hungover. Uh, Mick finds Ava, and the two discover that they are the only ones in the wave ride, leading them to search for the others. Um, so Constantine and Zarya are hooking up, or Zarya 2.0 are hooking up. Uh, that happened. Uh, Zari shows him a card, but leads to Astra playing poker with a couple of British gangsters. The team saves her when the gangsters pull a gun. Meanwhile, Marat is talking to a palace guard while Nate is getting relationship advice from David freaking Bowie. Oh my god. Uh, the group then discovers that Sarah was sucked up by a spaceship while looking at some Super 8 footage. Bowie shot during the previous night. Ava and the group discovers that Sarah was going to propose to her. Ava runs out of the room distraught. Following this, we switch over to Sarah, who it who's on a mysterious spaceship that's slowly drifting away from Earth. Ava comes back to the bridge and starts handing out fighters one by one. The group uh, all goes their different ways to find Sarah with Ava checking them off a list. And then like once everyone's gone, Ava tells Nate that they're calling the DEO, which is smart. Can I say something about that? Sure. Real quick, real quick. I'm so glad that they referenced it. Mm-hmm. Even though the, DO, the, the DEO is gone, I'm so glad that they referenced it and was like, oh, hey, we have friends who know about aliens and have expertise in aliens. I'm so glad that they did mm-hmm. that because I was going to be so annoyed that mm-hmm. they, if they didn't call her Har or like Cal, because like, I'm just like, you guys are, you guys are friends with aliens. <laughs> call somebody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know that. That was really smart of them. Uh, Sarah is going through the ship. She releases a cryogenically frozen Spartacus back at Constantine's mansion. Constantine tries to look for her, but can't force Zara to ask Astro about her neckward. We go back to Wave Rider where Ava and Nate fail to get in touch with the DEO. Also, the DEO is destroyed. I, I thought it got absorbed by Le- LexCorp or something. It got destroyed by this guy named Ramakan. He has Earth powers. If you've watched Avatar the, Avatar the Last Airbender, he's basically an Earthbender, so he just like collapsed the building. Mm-hmm. So it is destroyed. There is no more DEO. Um. I don't know how any of these people in Supergirl have a job. That's another conversation for another time and how they make money. I, so, yeah, I know. I'm just like, wait, 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 what? I'm just, yeah, I know. It, it, it happened last season. I kind of forgot that that happened and it popped up. I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's gone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. yeah that's uh, the thing. Anyways, uh, Barad discovers a t- uh, tabloid where a girl named Esperanza Cruz claims that she. Uh, she can communicate with aliens with Ava tasking him and Rory him and yeah uh, him and Rory oh my god I mm-hmm. sorry I was thinking of Rory, I was I had a brain fart where I was thinking Rory Williams from Doctor Who for a second for those that watched Doctor Who that was um 
uh, what's his actor's name? Arthur Darville's character yeah. on that show. So uh, yeah, no, I had, I had a brain that reference. That would have been funny. I, I that that would have been really funny. Um, back on the sh- back on the alien ship, Spartacus releases an a- large alien creature, forcing Sarah to take down the creature. They go to the bridge where Spartacus tries to rush at them. Oh, and it was hold by one of the aliens. Astra tells John and Zari about Crowley's Book of the Dead, and when they go, um, and when they go, uh, they get um, get get some supplies. They find a hatch cocoon, which leads to Gary revealing himself as an alien. Uh, it's, that happens. So Question, yeah. Questions for later because I'm still a little confused. I have yeah. a, I like, I don't, I don't understand. It's fine. Yeah, legends. Legends. Uh, Esperanza discovers Mick and Barad and captures them, which leads to Sarah to try and convince her to help them. Back on the Wave Rider, John does a spell which allows Ava to communicate with Sarah as she and Gary try to get off the ship and take down Gary's boss, Kayla. Uh, Sarah takes down Kayla, but in the process sends several of the pods down the temporal zone, signaling to Ava and the gang that she's alive. However, just as Sarah and Gary reach the temple zone, it disappears with the episode ending on the two crash landing on another planet. So, yeah, um, yeah, uh, Gary. It was a good premiere. It was, mm-hmm. I know. You want to just talk about Gary being an alien? Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, apparently from, according to the writers, like, this was never prepped or anything. So this is just legends. Yeah. yeah. That's the great thing about this show is if something like this happens, you can go, oh, it's just legends. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird that he is an alien. Um, it doesn't really make sense, but it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's weird. Um, it's good for the actor who plays Gary. He gets more stuff. Be like, um, I get some more stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And he's uh, it was so ridiculous. Uh, and you know what's funny? I was listening to another podcast about legends, and mm-hmm. they basically were like, We had this weird feeling since he wasn't in any of the trailers that like he was going to be a big part. And this makes sense because mm-hmm. big reveal of him being an alien. Yeah. Um, but Ava and Nate's face when Zari has the glasses and puts the glasses on mm-hmm. um, to prove that like Gary was an alien and stuff <laughs> was so funny. Yeah, though. No. Also, speaking of Zari, um, her and Constantine. I don't know how I feel about it. I don't know how I feel about it either. It's weird. Like, I'm happy Constantine's happy because he's not being really broody right now. He's very happy, which is nice, but mm-hmm. it's still weird. <laughs> yeah, it, uh, yeah, no, it's just like, um, okay, I, I see where you're going with, but also the one thing that does kind of help me with this is that this is 2.0 Zari, whereas if yeah. this was bridge of 1.0 Zari, I would definitely be like, ah, uh, yeah, no. That's why I'm not as like weird about it. It's because it is 2.0 Zari. It's not original Zari. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah. We'll just see what happens right now. They're just kind of like uh, friends mm-hmm. with benefits kind of situation going on. So yeah, which means they're probably going to end up together at some point, like officially. Yeah, so. probably. But yeah, no. Overall, I I I'd, I'd like to see them here. Just uh, it's nice to have legends back again because yeah. it's just it's it's and, just. Fun insanity. And Sarah freaking wanting to propose was yeah. shocking. And I was, <laughs> I'm not gonna, I, I got spoiled on that. So I knew that was gonna happen, mm. unfortunately. Uh, but I was still like, Sarah Lance proposing and, and wanting to settle down. Who would have known that would have happened since season two of Arrow? Yeah. And also, um, just Nate getting relationship advice from David Bowie. I that just, was so funny. Yeah, no, I uh, as, as a big Bowie fan, I was like, yes, yes, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. No, overall, I really dug it. But yeah, um, actually, mm-hmm. and speaking of another Arrowverse show, um, we're gonna re- um, we watched episodes seven and eight of Flash, in which um, poor Barry and Frost. Oh, yeah, it it's. Unfortunate. Yeah, and just the I can't speak. The frost (laughs) part of the trial was actually really sad, and I felt really bad for Caitlin. And yeah, um, I like you always knew how close her and Frost were, Mm -hmm. um, obviously, but it's like it kind of really hit home. Like, yeah, they kind of been like together for like a long time now. 
Yeah. So it's it's a it's a lot. Especially when you consider that, you know, that was a different personality, but now it's like a separate and becoming all right. Uh, yeah, no, it's just um, but yeah, no. Um also props to Daniel Pandabaker's acting, like she's really good. Yeah, she did a good job. Mm-hmm. She this is definitely one of her stronger performances. Like, mm-hmm. like she's always been really good, but like this one I really felt like especially her as Caitlin being upset about Frost and trying to help Frost in certain scenes. Um mm-hmm. she was really good. Yeah. Also, um, I was unfortunately spoiled on this because my dumb mm-hmm. butt, um, because you know, before we were some behind the scenes intro, before we were we were honestly trying to decide if we were gonna cover Flash this week, but because since we haven't covered it in a bit, but um I I I was we were unsure at the time, so I was like, you know what, let me check on Flash. And I wound up getting spoiled on the whole uh speed force is evil bit. So yeah Barry uh, can't catch a break yeah he can't catch a break he really can't catch a break and i just why well, i'm excited for when his kids come because i think he's gonna be happy Barry finally for a little bit because mm-hmm. right now he's kind of turning into broody Barry. a little bit a little bit and like some of it's understandable especially like the fact that his mother is like literally the embodiment of the speed force and that's just like uh yeah no i'm used to you dead and like her and just like you're not supposed to be alive and i just it, it's just weird but also there is a part of me that's just like well why can't you just tell mom that and maybe she can get like a new form or something i know it's it sucks that like i feel like i should have known that it wasn't gonna like she was gonna be evil because i feel mm-hmm. like barry can't have nice things so mm-hmm. it's just like should have known but mm-hmm. yeah it's unfortunate mm-hmm. oh yeah happens i know um yeah also you saw the mitchell's versus machines yes so it this is a animated movie on netflix mm-hmm. right now it is adorable it's mm-hmm. really funny it cracks me up like uh it's heartwarming it's very heartwarming um and it i really really like this movie it was really 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 cute i really loved it yeah um I thought the voice acting was awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know what else to say. Like the humor was so funny. Like yeah. some of the jokes were so cringy, but they were so funny to me. I was still dying. I, for me, uh, and I talked about this last week with Houston. I was ugly crying at some points. Yeah, it does get a little emotional. Yeah, I just, yeah, I just was like, that's me and my, my family. And like, you know, it just, I honestly I just I like I really just I it's also very rewatchable like I've ended up rewatching it like a little bit after last week and like normally like when it comes to just movies and stuff unless if I'm like covering it for the podcast or doing like another review on it I normally watch it once mm-hmm. um and then I'm able to like retain most of it and stuff and yeah. stuff but I, I rewatched this another time and I just I had a I had a blast if not even more so and it just yeah, no, I I really dug this movie. This movie just so good. It was so good. The robots were so funny. <laughs> the two crew, it cracked me up. Um, and yeah, it reminded me of my family too. Like I have a sister named Katie. So it's like, and then we have a dog that that's a pug. So like their their dog reminded me of a little bit of our dog. <laughs> I like the same breed and stuff. So it was pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really good though i really enjoyed it so i definitely go and recommend checking that out it's on netflix mm-hmm. so. yeah also you watch big shot yeah so i watched this kind of right before i took my hiatus so i don't know if i've covered the first episode but um i've watched all the current episodes i think there's four out now mm-hmm. um and this is the disney plus show with um Oh John Stamos. John Stamos, thank you. I was about to blink on his name. I'm like, I was about to say Uncle Jesse from Full House. But <laughs> it's all good. Um, and it's actually pretty cute. It's a low-key show. It's it's about a girl, um, a, um, a college coach, basketball coach, uh-huh. who ends up leaving the college scene and goes and coaches a private girls basketball team high school. Uh-huh. Um, and stuff. And I've really enjoyed the episode so far. It's really, I've really enjoyed them. 
John Stamos actually has been doing a pretty good job. Like, actually, mm-hmm. like he's been good. Um, and yeah, I've really liked it. It, it has some funny moments. Um, he has some really good moments of his daughter on the show, um, mm-hmm. like his on-screen daughter and mm-hmm. stuff. And I've really liked it. Yeah. yeah. I haven't heard much about it since the previews came out, but I'm I'm glad you I'm glad you like it. Um I feel like Disney's kind of having a run of like sports shows lately. Mm-hmm. And like um between that and the Mighty Ducks game changers, which I still need to freaking watch. I've seen a little bit of that too, and that's still pretty good too. Um I haven't caught up on that yet, so that's why I haven't said anything. But mm-hmm. both of them are pretty good. Like they've done a good job, like um, I've enjoyed both of them from what I've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyways, that will do it for our podcast this week. Yep. Um, so please follow or, us. Well, that does it for this week. Um, yeah, take it away, Jimmy. Yep. yep. So please feel free to follow us on all our social media channels. We're on Twitter at combo with two geeks. Um, we're on Facebook and Instagram, a conversation with two geeks. That's put all the way out. And also, if you feel like email, emailing us about anything from this episode or previous episodes for conversation with two geeks at gmail.com. Um, we will leave a link to our Anchor homepage that has links to all of these in our show notes. Please send us some social media. We'd love to hear from you guys mm-hmm. and give Josh some uh, comfort for going through finals <laughs> or, could have or anything. So, yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. Anyways, take care, everyone. All right, bye.